It's the More Than Medicine Podcast with Dr. Chung. Welcome to episode number 13 of the More Than Medicine Podcast. This episode is on the topic of smoking and more importantly, how to stop the smoking habit if you're at that stage. Every new patient that comes to the clinic needs to provide certain information so that we can look after them properly. And one of the most important pieces of information is their smoking status. In fact, when people apply for life insurance, one of the first questions that the insurer will ask for is whether you are or are not a smoker. So we're going to talk a bit more about this, but before we go into that, A very quick disclaimer that all of the information on this podcast is of a general advice. Any information provided should be taken to your regular GP or other health practitioner to make sure that it's suitable to your circumstances. Also, I'd like to quickly go over the NMMM model for health that was covered in the first episode. The first N stands for nutrition. Nutrition stands for the food and drink that you have every day and in particular, the habits that you have regarding these things so that you can lead a nutritious life. The first M stands for movement. Movement is any kind of movement that you do on a regular basis, but particularly movement that you enjoy. So this could be exercise, walking, or incidental movement, for example, walking to work from your train station. The second M stands for mindset. And mindset is the way that you approach problems or situations within your life. We discussed in episode number four, the different ways that people can look at the same problem. In particular, that if you look at things with a particularly negative lens, you'll see the world very differently to someone who has a more positive or optimistic lens on the world. And the final M stands for motivation. Motivation are the reasons that you do what you do. And in particular, finding the right motivation can make all the other choices in your life a lot easier. So moving on to today's topic, which is smoking. I'd like to briefly touch on some of the ways that smoking affects a person's body. But more importantly, how to break the habit of smoking because most people are very aware of the effect that smoking has on them. Obviously, smoking affects the lungs. First and foremost, it can cause a condition called emphysema or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. This is because smoking breaks down the proteins and makes the muscles within your lungs weaker. This makes it difficult to both breathe in and also breathe out. At the most severe stage, people can feel like they can only get a teaspoon of air in with each breath. The other thing that smoking can cause to the lungs is increase your risk of lung cancer. A large proportion of lung cancer is directly correlated with smoking. Smoking doesn't just affect the lungs though. The chemicals from the smoke go through your blood and can affect both the heart and the blood vessels throughout your entire body. They vastly increase your chance of having a heart attack and also having a stroke. Now there are a host of other cancers that are contributed to by smoking. 
This includes stomach cancer, mouth cancer, esophageal cancer, bowel cancer. But really, if you're a smoker, you're probably not thinking too much about that at the time. The things that are perhaps a little bit more quick to notice are that it does cause a significant loss of taste. And if you quit smoking, within about a couple of weeks, you'll notice a significant improvement in the food and drink that you have. And finally, smoking affects others as well, particularly if you have young children. Smoking can negatively affect their development and their health. And this still happens even if you smoke outside because the chemicals from the smoke are secreted through your pores when you sweat or when you just move around. So that's enough about the negatives of smoking. Let's look at some of the motivations that people potentially could have to quit smoking. So obviously, one of the big motivations is for your own health. And a big trigger for people to quit smoking is some large health event, whether it is a heart attack or something to do with a cancer. It gives them a real kick to stop the habit. Along with that, they may be motivated to stop smoking to protect their family, particularly if you have young kids. And finally, especially in Australia, a big reason to stop smoking is due to the financial stress that it can cause on someone and their family. In fact, if you're a pack-a-day smoker in Australia, on average, you'll be spending close to $600 a month just on smoking. This adds up to over $7,000 a year and over the course of 10 years, $70,000 and potentially more as the price of cigarettes continues to climb. Now, smoking is still one of the hardest addictions or habits to break. And that's because there are so many triggers related to smoking. And to be able to quit smoking it's really important to start to identify these triggers. Now I divide triggers into two types. They're two E's. One is triggers caused by events. And the second is triggers brought on by emotions. So the first one, events, is quite easy to recognize. People will often smoke at certain times of day, for example, after meals, with coffee, with alcohol, or at certain times for work breaks. They may also be triggered by things like social events, being around friends who are smokers who will offer a cigarette. The key with these event-based triggers is to be aware of them and eventually try to replace the smoking with a different habit or response. And we'll discuss this a little bit further once we go through the blueprint on how to actually quit smoking. The second type of trigger, which is an emotional trigger, is a bit harder to actually deal with because often you're already emotionally vulnerable at the time. So quite frequently I've seen people recommence smoking when they've been under a lot of stress or whether they're feeling a bit lonely or depressed. The same thing applies here though, being aware that this is an emotion that triggers your smoking can allow you to find other approaches or responses to it. So for example, instead of having a cigarette if you're feeling a bit lonely, you could go for a walk or 
send a message to a friend, maybe even have a chat with them over a coffee. Now let's say you're at the point now where the motivation to quit smoking is greater than the motivation to continue smoking. And you're feeling ready to come up with a plan to stop the habit. One of the first steps I ask my patients to do is to bring a notepad with them and throughout the day, every single time they have a cigarette, just write down the time you have the cigarette and if you can, maybe a short note of what was going on around that time. So for example, 6.30, morning coffee, one cigarette. By the end of the day, you'll have a much clearer idea of first of all, how often you're smoking, and secondly, when and what is motivating you to have that cigarette, which is gonna be helpful down the track as we go through the rest of the plan. So the first step is really fully committing. You have to really want it. At the end of the day, no tricks or strategies or even medications can help you to quit smoking if you haven't decided in yourself that that's something you really wanna do. So you need to ask yourself, do you really wanna quit? And it can be good to review your motivations at this stage to really figure out some good things to get you through when times get tough. The second step is removing any opportunities in your environment that will remind you of smoking. So just as it's not a smart idea for someone who's wanting to cut back on alcohol to have a fully stocked liquor cabinet, it's probably a good idea to actually get rid of the cigarettes and maybe the ashtray and lighters and any other things that you may associate with the habit of smoking. The third step is to have some support and also some accountability. Things are a lot easier when you're not doing it completely on your own. Often I have couples who come in and both of them are smokers and want to quit. And this is a great opportunity for them to help each other. When one person is having a bit of a bad day, the other person can help remind them that they can get through it so that they're both heading in the right direction. The accountability side of it comes with, for example, even telling one of your friends or family members that you will quit smoking and making it even public on things like social media. This will help you to stay the course when your willpower is perhaps a little bit weaker than it should be. This is also helpful when there are social triggers. So if you let all your friends who are smokers know that you're trying to quit, they're more likely to understand when you politely decline them when they offer you a cigarette. Step number four is to reward yourself at regular intervals when you are quitting. And you can do this guilt-free with the money that you've saved from not smoking. So an example could be booking yourself a nice massage after a week of not smoking. Hell, you've earned it. In fact, you've probably saved more money than the massage itself. And putting these regularly across the first few weeks and perhaps even the first few months can give you the motivation to actually pull through when you are feeling a little bit tempted. 
Step number five relates to those moments when you do get cravings to smoke. And the key here is to delay. Delay, delay, delay. Anytime you get the urge to smoke, have something that you can do instead. This could be taking five deep breaths or drinking a glass of water or walking around the block or even using something like some nicotine gum or a mint. But the act of delaying is so important because as we discussed in episode number 12 with alcohol, the urge comes as a wave and will pass if you do not act on it. So build up a group of activities or things that you can do when you get the urge to allow you to delay it enough that that urge will pass. And finally, step number six is to keep trying because often people do need to try multiple times before they quit for the final time. And just because it only lasted a week or even less than a week, you've made a step in the right direction with your intention. And what you can do is you can figure out, well, what took you on the wrong path this time and try to correct it for the next time that you quit. So the final part of this podcast will be a very brief summary of the types of medications and aids that are available to help quit smoking. Some of these are covered under the PBS in Australia, which means that the cost of these are assisted by the government because they've realized that spending a bit of money to help people quit smoking is actually going to save them a lot of money in the long run. So the first thing I'll speak about is nicotine replacement. And this has been around for many decades. It comes in multiple forms, but I found that the most useful are either the patches, and there are two types of patches, one that lasts for 24 hours and another that lasts for 16. So you take them off before you go to bed. Generally, the 16-hour patch is better tolerated because the 24-hour one can sometimes affect sleep and also cause weird dreams. The other two useful forms of nicotine replacement are the inhalator, which looks a bit like a white whistle that you can put a nicotine tablet in and you can inhale from this inhalator, which makes sense because of the name. Um, And it gives you a little hit of nicotine in a very similar way to what a cigarette would, but with much less of the nasties. The other benefit of this is that it's in the shape and size very similar to a cigarette. So it kind of works well with that need to use your hands to sort of keep you busy. And the final form of nicotine replacement that I think is useful is probably the nicotine mints. And they come in many forms with different companies, but they can be a useful thing to use when you're trying to delay the urge to have a cigarette. The second option that's available and that can be prescribed by your GP is a medication called Champix. Champix is currently not available in Australia due to some shipping issues, but when it does become available, uh, this will still be relevant. So here we go. The main way this medication works is it helps to reduce the craving as well as the effect of the nicotine that people have from cigarettes. This means that you should hopefully have less withdrawal effects. And also when you do smoke, you'll have less of a buzz 
or positive reinforcement from the cigarette to have you keep smoking. Most people tolerate this medication quite well. Um, you start off with a lower dose and you build up over the course of two to four weeks. And most people are able to continue smoking for the first probably four to six weeks while they're on the medication with the aim to sort of end smoking by about that four to six week mark. Now, like any medication, Champix does have the possibility of side effects. The most common is probably effects with regards to feeling a bit nauseous or having a headache. Although the other thing that people can get is a um, increase in uh, vivid dreams as well as some sleep disturbance. Uh, in a small proportion of people who take Champix, they do get a change with regards to their mood and they can become quite irritable or even quite depressed. And obviously, if this happens, uh, you should stop the medication and have a chat with your doctor. The other thing that's worth noting is when you stop smoking, you also tend to experience some nicotine withdrawal symptoms. And this can be quite hard to pick out from side effect profile of the actual medication that you're taking. So it's best to speak with your regular doctor to find out what the situation is. Now, because of the reduced supply of Champix in Australia, we have been prescribing a bit more of the second line medication for smoking cessation. This is known as Zyban and traditionally was used as an antidepressant, but actually has some effect in reducing smoking cravings as well. It probably doesn't work as well as Champix, but it's definitely better than nothing at all. And it's worth discussing this with your GP uh, if you are interested in taking something to assist you. The important thing with Zyban is to know that you can't take this medication if you've ever had a history of seizures and it can affect sleep just like Champix does and it can also affect mood. So important to be monitored by your GP and to be fully aware of the potential side effects with the medication. The final thing that's fairly recent that's come up with regards to quitting smoking is the presence of vaping um, or an e-cigarette. And you've probably seen people doing this around with these little devices that they use to inhale smoke from. Now, while this is still fairly new with regards to research and safety profile, it's fair to say that it probably is safer than smoking, particularly if it's used in a responsible way. I think if you're using a vape and using it more than you would say smoke cigarettes, it might not be good for you in the long run. However, the evidence uh, from a UK study that was done a couple of years ago demonstrates that's at least 90% better than smoking actual cigarettes. Now, in general, I would say that you want to use this more as a bridge to stopping smoking rather than just continuing on vaping for the rest of your life. And obviously, you should speak with your regular doctor to get a little bit more information as to whether it is a safe option for you. So there you go, a cook's tour on smoking, the potential harms of smoking, and more importantly, a quit plan or a game plan on how to actually stop smoking. In particular, recognizing the motivations for why you should stop smoking, identifying triggers to why you smoke, 
the two E's, event triggers and emotional triggers, and a six-step plan on how to quit smoking. And finally, some medications and aids to assist you with smoking cessation. Now, I hope that was helpful, particularly if you're at the point where you're looking to stop smoking. I've set up an email account, which you'll be able to find in the show notes. It's morethanmedicinepodcast at gmail.com. If you have any feedback or any ideas for future episodes, please feel free to shoot me an email. Thank you, as always, for listening in, and please take care. Bye for now. The More Than Medicine Podcast with Dr. John.